just wait till my game is done man oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be the best game ever of course (laughs) right right now it's in a state where i think yeah we have we have health bars we have ammo counters (laughs) we can shoot an an unending horde of enemies that just continues to spawn indefinitely yeah i mean ship it man ship it 60 bucks i just yeah 60 bucks in (laughs) fact no no what i'll do is i'll sell it uh i'll sell it to bungie Um, yeah (laughs) burn anyway uh yeah well it'll still be still be a better game than destiny 2 probably yeah destiny 2 which is a shooter yes indeed so segueing into shooters exactly (laughs) whoa i see what you did there but um i've actually got destiny 2 in my in my list of shooters i wasn't sure to put it in action shooters or narrative shooters it's yeah mm, i think it's more of an action shooter for sure because when you look at the narrative that it's trying to convey i think it's fairly fragmented and it's it's definitely it definitely does not do a fantastic job of telling a story especially not if you compare it to other games i do feel like it has a certain kind of immersive grandeur to it though at the same time. I know what you're saying. It's very hack and slash in terms of the way it plays. You know, my problem with Destiny is that it feels like it tries to be this big game with lots of lore and like yeah, yeah. a story to tell. But, at you know, in the end, it, it just feels like it's a very hollow game. I think I can put this in a nutshell, actually. It feels like it's trying more than it feels like it's achieving mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the first game had this problem a lot, and then this, the, the the sequel improved it a bit. But it's still, you know, it's still the same problem. Uh, in well, the, the sequel also made a lot of other things worse. So, yeah, in the context, I would say it's not it's not necessarily a a step forward. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like yeah. Destiny Two at the same time is like two steps forward and like one and a half steps back at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in one endeavor. Like some things were better, some things were worse. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, we actually go into lots of the details actually of Destiny Two in like the second half of that episode. So, mm-hmm. if you want to hear our grievances about Destiny Two, that's oh where you gotta go. So, oh, and they are many. <laughs> they are many. Well, uh, yeah. So after we're over the uh, the bad bit, you know, put your hankies away. Um, I'll tell you some shooters that I played. There were action shooters, team shooters that I really really enjoyed. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to probably my first shooter that I I dumped a lot of hours into. I think I have like six or 700 hours in it, and that is Team Fortress 2. I really, really love that game. So when did they release Team Fortress 2 again? Oh, gosh, it was part of the orange box. When was that? Like 2005 or something? Was it that early? I almost... Here, let me, let me actually Google this. Probably around 2006, 2007, probably? It is the 10th of October, 2007. Yeah, there we go. So there you go. I remember thinking that um, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 released around the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was that was definitely in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, so 2007. Think I think it wasn't much later when, when they released uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is the first shooter that I ever played. Um, I have some fond memories of that. I had a friend invite me over to play the new Call of Duty. And uh, he said, oh, it's so good. It's so realistic. And I looked at it and I was like, I really, I feel like 
the environments are just way too busy. And of course, back then it was still really pixelated. Yeah, yeah. And I was still like, it, it's so much busyness and wind blowing tiny objects around and it's so pixelated. I just, I'm not really, I'm not really digging it. And then I went 10 and 0 playing against him after he convinced me to play. <laughs> and he hated me so hard. <laughs> See, I love that you bring that up because that is one of the biggest problems that I have with most really modern, like current gen in 2018 shooters is it's really hard to see where the enemy is because everything is so like meticulously modeled and there's lots of things flying around and like yeah i know what you mean it's too busy it's true they really need to take a leaf out of the um, moba book where you do like a really pastel really you know kind of passively shaded yeah or like um, an overwatch yeah, Overwatch is a slightly different one, though, because the art style is naturally very clean and almost kind of a little bit cartoony. Um, and of course, yeah, but you, it's, have, it's you have... it's very easy you, to identify all the heroes and stuff as well. Yeah, well, the next thing I was going to say is that you also have the really, really cheap approach of literally just highlighting all the enemies in red. You know, like literally just outlining every enemy in red. Um, that helps a lot. Yes. And to be fair, I mean, when you when you want to have not so much a realistic immersive shooter you want to have a competitive shooter that's perfect that's fine that works really well and it helps a lot for balance because it means that for example if you have a character who has a a, a skin that changes their appearance to be like totally black or something and you play on a, a map yeah. like dorado where there's a lot of like nighttime shadow and stuff like you don't just become invisible i remember back in the day uh, paragon had a serious issue with that um, the um, the MOBA by Epic Games that's about to be closed down um, in, uh, in April. I know, we'll, I know. We'll I'm, press F to pay our respects. Oh, yeah, I'm holding that F key down, man. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, so there it is, and there it goes. Um, Battle Royale finally killed it. So, um, But yeah, I remember there being serious problems with that, um, particularly on the first map, because there were parts of the map that were quite dark, mm -hmm. um, and certain certain heroes were very difficult to see in those environments. So you could have a guy literally standing there just dancing back and forth yeah. and you would run right past him <laughs> and then he would come out behind you and kill you. Um, yeah. That was very frustrating. I've had but, the uh, similar yeah. experiences with um, in, in, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you had the ghillie suits. So if you picked a sniper, you would be able to wear oh, a ghillie holy crap, suit. Oh, holy crap, yeah. I remember like, the ghillie. Hide. Especially, I remember, like, no scoping became a really big thing in, in like, Modern Warfare 2 because the, the sniper rifle was um, fairly stable to shoot with. Um, and then you would be hidden <laughs> while these people were doing trick shots. Like, th this is really when, um, around the time of, of YouTube becoming a little bit more mainstream, 2007, 2008, 2009 yeah. even. Yeah, it's true. And then true. you were, you know, all these people were putting their clips online. Um Oh my would, gosh, look, 1080 no scope. Yeah, <laughs> like you would have like the, the, the 25 kill streak and you would be able to nuke everybody on the map. Yeah, and this is, yeah, yeah. And this is when the boom headshot thing became. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Forever lodged in the mind of every shooter player. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, good, good, bad times. Yes, yeah. indeed. I, I, but, uh, I don't think I'm right, actually. Uh, I think I played like a an Unreal Tournament clone first. Um, like a free open source thingy um, before I played uh, Modern Warfare, so mm -hmm. 
Well, that would make sense because Unreal Tournament is much older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so we both play a lot of shooters as well. <clears throat> yeah. The one that I the one that I kicked things off with was the infamous class based shooter of TF two, mm-hmm. arguably the uh, spiritual or uh, precursor, I should say, to Overwatch. Yeah. Um, but also left its mark in a lot of unsuspected ways because I feel like Overwatch and the the way that skills kind of worked their way into the combat and people mm-hmm. saw that that could be balanced yeah. led to a lot of other things. I mean, we've got Rainbow Six Siege came yes. from the same kind of idea. I mean, Rainbow Six classically is the realism shooter. It's where yeah. you feel like you're part of a SWAT team and then you have Rainbow Six Siege where you have special powers. It's like they're just kind of yeah, justified well, with technology. In a, in and a stuff. way, I guess you can say that they're kind of like special powers. But yeah, the the, def- the series is definitely straight from its original um... hyper realism roots. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, but I, I do think that they are special powers. I think they're just thematically justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the they same make way sense. That a lot of the, in yeah, a way. they make sense in the world. They're internally. But they're unique, unique abilities. In any case, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. I think that's kind of cool, though. Um, and of course, you have a, a very stripped down version of stats as yeah. well, almost in the same way that you would in a MOBA or a hero shooter like Overwatch, um, where you have different amounts of health and things like that. Or in this case, you have different amounts of armor and different amounts of speed, um, stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, what do we love about shooters? What's good about shooters? What do we what do we keep going back to shooters? You know, for? I think this might be very controversial, but I'm just going to put it out there. I think shooting people without actually hurting people is really enjoyable. I, it must be a very controversial opinion, but I think shooting people in in video games is great fun. That that is that is so deep, man. Let me just wipe away my tears. Thank you. Hang on. You're welcome. But seriously, That's though, so deep. if um, shooting people is fun. There it is, folks. <laughs> If the audio design and the feel of the of the guns is really well done in general, then it can be extremely fun um, mm-hmm. to play yeah, these I games. Agree. And they're a, a really good way um, of letting off some steam in a very nonviolent way. Yes, it just looks like violence. It isn't real violence. Exactly. Don't worry, Mom. I won't look at the blood. Oh, my gosh. The excuses we made as children. There was... In, I mentioned the, um, the the Unreal Tournament clone. There was an option in that clone to disable blood effects. And uh-huh. uh, if you shot people, you would not see blood, but you would see like these rainbow-colored farts coming out of people. <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were killing them with kindness. Killing <laughs> Killing me softly with his gun. Telling it's my a, life with his knife. It's a rainbow gun, mummy. It's fine. <laughs> I just, I remember I was over at a friend's house and I remember his little cousin was there and his little cousin really, his kid cousin, literally, wanted to borrow GTA 4 <laughs> and, uh, or no, was it GTA? No, it was San Andreas. That's yeah. what it was. It was San Andreas. Yeah. Back in the golden days. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember him immediately taking this game downstairs after my friend said he could borrow it. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> and going, going, going directly to his mother, and he's saying, "I won't listen to the bad words. I won't listen to the bad words." That was his. That was. He didn't even ask if it was okay with his mom if he borrowed it. That was the first thing he said. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> "Dude, you have so far to go in life." <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh man, it's so so bad, so bad, <laughs> but so good. 
so bad it's so good it's like it's like when you come home if you ha- anyone who owns a dog right you come home and your dog is like so excited to see you you know they're like <laughs> pounding on the inside of the door and they're just like oh, oh, oh you're home yes yes and then you smell like something unsavory <laughs> and you're like what have you done and the dog's like yes yes look it's right through here <laughs> it was like oh yeah oh spot what have you done <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i feel like that's that's exactly the same thought process um but anyway yeah so what what do we love about shooters i could i could safely say i love the fast pace mm-hmm. i love the pure skill gameplay in a sense and you don't you don't get this too much in a lot of other genres like you'll get this to an extent in in moba type games where you see some incredible plays. I would invite anyone who who doubts this kind of thing if they're more into shooters and they're like, nah, you don't need skill to play MOBA. Like if you if you go and watch like world championship level games and you see the crap that people can pull in a game. Yeah. Situations where you're like 1v4, you should die. In yeah. any normal situation, you should die. And then you end up killing all four of those people and winning. And you're just like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Which, wait, 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 what? You know, especially when you're exploiting things like the game mechanics. I remember this guy being 1v4 and everyone was trying to kill him. And he went around behind some trees where nobody could see him because line of sight was blocked. Um, He had an item that allowed him to teleport and it was on cooldown. He had an item that allowed him to teleport a short distance, right? It was like a combat teleport, right? yeah. So uh, this is not League. This is Dota. So it's a blink Mm -hmm. dagger for anybody who's not not familiar. So it's not the flash skill, which has like a massive cooldown. Mm -hmm. But... um, yeah, he had a blink dagger. So he goes behind the trees. His blink dagger's on cooldown because he just used it. So what he does is he sells it. He's next to a shop, an item shop. So he mm-hmm. sells it and rebuys it from the item shop to reset the cooldown. Blinks somewhere else. Everyone goes running into the trees, and he suddenly just drops this huge area spell on, like, three people and kills them all. Yeah. And then he's hunting down the last remaining player who suddenly realizes he's way out of position. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, I feel so bad for you. But, yeah, like, I, I really like that pure skill element in the gameplay. Um, yeah. And that's something that you get more with shooters than than with anything else. Of course, RTSs, absolutely. There's tons of micro. Oh, my gosh, the micro. But um, I feel like if you have better strategy, strategy generally wins out in an RTS. Over yeah. like split there's seconds. exceptions, but yeah, generally speaking, I would say so. yeah, I would. You have to have a pretty big skill gap mm-hmm. if if the micro wins you the game more than the strategy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like the pure skill. I like the intensity of it, and uh, from some perspectives, I also like the immersion. We were talking about Bioshock before we mm-hmm. kind of started the episode. Yeah. And um, I would lump into kind of those narrative shooters, like single player shooters, like Half Life. Metro, Stalker. Oh my gosh, I played so much Metro. Mm-hmm. I think I've played Metro all the way through like seven or eight times. Just love oh, wow. it. Wow. Like hardest difficulty, love it. Absolutely yeah. every minute of it, love it. Very love the realistic, right? If you play on the highest uh, difficulty, pseudo realistic, I would say. Yeah, like, n- if, not yeah, like if, uh, Arma or, but just. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of like that stylized realism. Mm-hmm. I do I do really like that. I like the fact that you need the gas mask to breathe, and if you get shot, the gas mask starts to splinter and crack, and you yeah. can't see very well. There are all these, like, really nice... I think I was talking to uh, our friend Mr. Jeers recently, and he was talking about Dragon's Dogma, I believe it was, and you had a lantern that would provide you with light in dark places, mm-hmm. but 
in some environments you'd find that there was water on the floor and if you did a dodge roll or something like that your lantern would go out and suddenly you couldn't see anymore yeah so it's a very organic limitation it feels very natural it doesn't feel like the game is just arbitrarily punishing you yeah it feels immersive yeah but that's exactly it it feels like a natural limitation that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah and so playing around that can be really entertaining yes you're much more powerful yes you're much more capable yes you have infinite respawns you know because you're the player character but you have these other handicaps that keep the game interesting you're not just purely overpowered um that actually comes with a lot of uh, a lot of the single player shooters like metro also stalker um games like prey fall into this category uh bioshock yeah. in particular is really huge for this um I had a a note on this. I like the fact that there's uh, asymmetry between the player and the enemy. So there are maybe more of them. And of course, you know, they can spawn infinitely, but you get infinite retries, which is Mm -hmm. a different thing. Yes. Um, I like the fact that you're different. I like the fact that you're more or less powerful. Uh, Games like Dark Souls, of course, even the most basic enemy can literally just butcher you. Um, Yes. And... uh, I feel like these are things that are a little bit lacking in multiplayer games because you can't have the same element of that. I think Evolve is a perfect example of why that doesn't usually work very well, um, where you have these massive power differentials. Because I almost feel like Evolve is essentially just a whole game built on a mutator mode, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, like in old school shooters where you'd have mutators, like some people would have like fast regening health yeah, or yeah, big yeah. head mode or instagib or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost feel like the whole game is built on on a I'm a monster mutator basically. Yeah. Which is not really that great. What do you love about shooters? Yeah, I was I was going to bring up um Prey, but you also brought up Prey earlier. Well, I um, actually have not played Prey. I'm really looking forward to when it goes on sale so I don't have to buy it for an exorbitant amount of money. Well, here's the but, thing. Yeah. There's a demo available. No, 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 and, no, 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 um, no. Not going to ruin my experience. Demo makes you want to buy the game immediately so don't play it until it's on sale <laughs> yep 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 um, i know yeah. exactly how that goes <clears throat> it's it's really good i bought it when it was on sale and uh, i thought oh well this is going to be fun for a few hours um i generally have a, a v- fairly strict schedule as to what games i'll be playing next and i was like oh there's a demo let's see what this is about and then 25 hours later it was like okay well this was a good game so <laughs> your beard having grown down to your navel like haven't yeah. bathed like yeah. well i didn't play it in one session uh for clarification but yeah oh uh well i i, I don't do that either uh uh the the prey prey and bioshock and some other narrative driven um shooters like um what's the other one there's one shooter that was like um looked like a, a a typical third-person modern military shooter, but it had all these very interesting elements to it. Oh man, what was it again? I'm gonna have to look it up. I feel like we're getting we're getting kind of to the core here. I feel like in RTS, the thing that we really love is the the creative expression that can be made. I I phrased that as complexity, and you talked about base building and things like that. But both of those really come down to some very similar elements, which is like how you express yourself through the game. Mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. I, I don't know if I've heard anyone call RTSs like creative games, but they actually are. Um, yeah. You see a lot of innovation between players, especially at the pro level, where people are doing things that are off meta and so on and so forth, and they're like achieving really interesting results. 
Um, yes. And then I think it seems like we're coming down to what we would really like in, in shooters is like, I don't know, the, the feeling of being there, the feeling of that immersion, that level of seeing through your own eyes and the intensity that you can get from that, the immersion you can get from that. Yeah. I think definitely is that, is that safe to say? Yeah. I think that's uh yeah, that I think that's right. Especially when you look at the first person shooter because you're you're very much like into the action um as opposed to like a third person shooter game. Although we talked about this because in a in a third person in a third person game you often have a stronger sense of place. Mhm. Yeah. Because you can yeah, exactly. see more of the environment, I think. Yeah. But Yeah, yeah and I think your relative position as, you know. Actually, I have a better way of putting this. It's not it's not purely immersion. It's it's a visceral sense of presence. Yeah. It's when something hits you and you feel like it hits you because your camera angle rocks back and there's a really good soundboard that plays, you know, when those things are happening and stuff like that. I think that's really It takes really, you right really up good. there. Um actually, yeah, really I have cool. a good example of this. I remember a particular moment in Metro, I think it was Metro 2033, the first mm -hmm. Metro game. Yeah. When you're riding this rail car along through these abandoned tunnels mm -hmm. and you end up going down this steep slope where the brakes uh, fail or something like that and you end up going kind of out of control <clears throat> and you're rolling down this really steep hill. Yeah. And the cart that you're in kind of crashes and the way that it rolls over, it flips over, you fall out of it. And then you roll a little bit further and it tips over one more time and it's about to come crashing down on you. Yeah. And there's this moment where time dilates very, very slightly and the, the wagon tipping over very slowly and then gravity making its decision that yes, the wagon is coming to crush you. And your character puts up their hands and there's just this moment where your character says, fuck. And I felt that in my bones. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like lying there waiting for the wagon to crush me. <laughs> it's mm. just like, oh my gosh, no. But yeah, like, See, I think that's feeling, something you can't get. Yeah, that feeling yeah. is great. And mm -hmm. it, I've, pl I've, I've had the opportunity to play some shooters in VR now. And that is like that very experience, but amplified times 10. Um, well, that's going to be caviar when someone actually does something with high budget in it, I think. It is, yeah. It is mm -hmm. absolutely intense, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through my awesome. list um, of completed games uh, on Steam right now, and there's like a bunch that I can totally bring up. Um, oh, yeah, that huge list of games you've completed, right? Okay, man. Yours is bigger. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, but um, I've got, yeah, so Spec Ops The Line was the game that I wanted to mention. Spec Ops The Line? Yeah. Not not Tom Clancy's Spec no, Ops. No, 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 no. Spec Ops The Line. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's a really good game. Uh, if you have the time or, you know, the money, uh, you should go play it. I don't think it's very expensive. You can buy it on uh, on sale for, like, five euros, I'm sure. Um, okay. But it's, uh, Spec Ops uh, it's... The Line 2 is apparently out now. Wait, what? Spec Ops, I'm, I'm getting results for Spec Ops The Line 2. Oh, never mind. Spec Ops The Line sequel has no chance of happening. <laughs> ah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was like... Mm. Right, okay. okay so so why, is, why is that in the most searched list? That, okay. that doesn't make well, any anyway, sense. Well, anyway, you totally have to do it. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's a unique experience. Yeah, in recent mm -hmm. news uh, on Steam, it says here, Spec Ops The Line's writer would eat broken glass before considering sequel. <laughs> PC gamer. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, it's, well, it's, we'll we'll know what happened if a sequel ever comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wolfenstein: The New Order was mm. also really freaking. That great. was really nice. But that was such a great like hack and slash shooter. Very visceral. Yeah. Yeah. That was also set in this really engaging environment. Yeah. It it makes me think of. Um, Ah, what's it called now? Uh, Dishonored, actually, in that regard. Yeah. The way the world felt so strongly imprinted on on you as the player yeah. when you were going through that world. It felt really, really engaging. Yeah, it was one of the the best game worlds I've ever had the pleasure of playing in, I think. Um, Are we talking about Dishonored or? Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein, yes, yeah. I would definitely agree. I, I, I love I the narrative aspect of the alternate history. It, it presented a very interesting canvas, and then they just they painted on it. And it was the, the same visceral old Wolfen, like good Wolfenstein gameplay, but then the story was really competent as well. Yes, yes, it was like good. Absolutely it was far, far freaking better. fantastic. Yeah. Because in a way, I mean, like Wolfenstein was is almost the modern Wolfenstein games are very much an alternative to the modern Doom games mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But Doom has gone an interesting direction in making it as visceral as possible with the yeah. you know the fatalities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Wolfenstein, which has gone the other way, more into a narrative approach. And I, I think that's really interesting to see that even today they're still kind of competing for those those hack and slash shooter top spots and they're both excellent games so yeah yeah they're both really superb that needs to be said so we've talked about what we love about narrative shooters in particular it seems that both of us have a very strong uh a very strong feel for narrative value sense of place immersion things like that yeah Um, but getting back to the the more multiplayer side because i know that we might have listeners who are a little bit more like action-packed oriented That is definitely a very big community. So what do we what do we love and hate about these games? I, I've said that I love the fast pace, the pure skill gameplay, the intensity of it. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, what, is there anything that you don't like about these games? Um, depending on what game, uh, the time to kill sometimes can be a bit iffy, I feel. Um, right, okay. So basically kill time balance, like engagement time balance. Time balance. Yeah. But mm-hmm. fairly often that also has to do with... Um, like the ser- the servers basically. So if the server, if your connection to the server or um, the connection of the players matched with you to the server are is not you know ideal, then you have like you know all these latency issues. Yeah, uh, really issues un- caused by latency. Like um, yeah, or if if some other player has a really bad internet connection. Yeah, that can cause huge problems, especially with the way that they've implemented the netcode as well. That can create yeah, monster net issues code makes you know massive a massive difference if if it's well implemented yes yes it does okay so we have basically latency we have time to kill by time to kill are you strictly talking about how like lag or i think you're also talking about engagement time yeah i'm like, actually talking about how long it takes for you to be able to kill a, uh, yeah. another player so we have games like uh, Overwatch in which the time to kill is is regulated on a on a character to character basis. Yeah. And then we have games like um, well Siege comes to mind where time to kill is almost always very short. Um, yeah, okay, I would you might say be... fa- fairly short. Yeah, and then you've got Call of Duty mm-hmm. with the yeah. almost instantaneous sometimes at least uh, time to is kill. Is it as is it as fast is it as fast as Rainbow Six? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I feel like Rainbow Six is just 
oh my gosh like you turn your head the wrong way and you just die and it's yeah like, oh. the thing about rainbow six is that it is comparatively to the remainder of the match you're usually running around and there's not a lot happening and then when you, when the action occurs it all happens really quickly in fast succession yeah yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and in Call of Duty, you've got this constant state of mayhem and everybody's shooting at each other. And I think that's mm -hmm. the difference in feel. Um, but I think the actual yeah. time to kill is, is definitely longer, uh, longer in Rainbow Six Siege. That's really interesting. Well, especially if, you're, if you don't get headshots. I would say that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like for, bo for body yeah, shots, body you shots. feel like you can empty half a magazine into somebody and you're like, come on, die. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. they finish reloading and they pop you once in the head and you go down instantly. And you're <laughs> like, what? What? Oh my gosh. And throw your computer out the window. <laughs> yeah. Like. But uh, yeah, okay, so uh, yeah, we talked about time to kill can be a little bit iffy. That's mainly a balance thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a feel thing as well. I mean, I, I can't imagine a Rainbow Six Siege even vaguely resembling something like Overwatch. Yeah. Like that would just be, like imagine if, if Fuse was like Reinhardt. Like, <laughs> I mean, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be. Um, it would be really, really silly. Um, but yeah, so there, there are a few other things that I, I kind of feel can spoil uh, a uh i don't know if i said that funny spoil <laughs> i can't pronounce the word correctly uh, -huh. uh but only only on tuesdays fortunately today is a tuesday Ooh, um, at least in my part of the world it's still tuesday yeah. but um yeah so i feel like there are certain things that can really spoil a multiplayer shooter mm -hmm. bad team play i feel like there are an awful lot of games that don't they don't handle the concept of bad team play very well Rainbow Six is one of these. If right. you have that guy or those couple of guys on your team who just run in and get blown away by somebody with a shotgun right away, there's a very high chance all of a sudden that you're just going to lose that game. Um, mm -hmm. There's, of course, even more of that uh, in games like Overwatch and TF2, where the kill times are longer and it's a lot more about macro play yeah. as opposed to just micro play. Um, if you feel very strongly about not having idiots on your team, you really should have uh, a, like a group of friends that you play with and fill the lobby with just people you know you can trust that won't do stupid yeah. shit. Because otherwise, like public matchmaking, I would say, you can actually say public matchmaking can be a pain in the ass in shooters in general. Yeah, so public matches, basically like public toilets, best avoided. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, whenever possible, best avoided. <laughs> yeah. Use the ones you know. Use the ones you can trust. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really true because yeah, having a bunch of players that are really good on the opposing team, and then you having a bunch of like bad eggs on your team really can really make you feel terrible because your team will just get slaughtered. Um, yeah, over and as a result, and over you will over. get slaughtered as well. So. Yeah, That's and no especially fun. when it's yeah, I know that I know that we've had a lot of games where we've even held down like three or four of the slots in a team, and even the remaining two players. Oh yeah, you get, yeah. You get you like the, the entire team. You get the yeah. Instalock Genji and the Instalock Hanzo, and you're like, well, shit, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll be like, oh, come on, Jeers and, and Silver, change your fucking characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> um. No, yeah, but in, guys, in a real, in a I, I apologize. Sense, I play Hanzo. <laughs> I play Genji. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, you you do you do play you do play Genji. I don't. Your Genji's not half bad though. And I, like I used to play. I, him I a feel lot. like I feel like when you play Hanzo, you do make a difference. You've you've gotten. You've <laughs> I got don't. A, you, 
<laughs> no, you've gotten plenty of like play of the games, and I, I've seen yes. like quality play coming out at least from what I can see. Yeah, back in the day, um, like at the start of the game, I liked playing them a lot more. Um, as they've introduced new heroes, like they're not as relevant. Hanzo especially is not as relevant anymore. Everybody knows his dragon now, so so nobody, everybody just dodges it. <laughs> yeah, Hiroshima Nagasaki, how could you? Oh, yeah, everybody's just like. Where's the dragon? Genji's oh, useful, but he's not. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Genji can still be one of these like ridiculously game-winning heroes in stupidly many circumstances. Yeah, I like I like Soldier the most. Yeah, Soldier's Soldier's like pretty much the ultimate flex hero. Soldier's really. just so freaking reliable. Yeah, he is. He's a safe pick in almost any situation, really. That's why I love him so much. Mm-hmm. And also because he's the grumpy old dad. Yeah, I know he's my favorite character. He's like he's like Clint Eastwood basically. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I'm kind of sad that they didn't make McCree like Clint Eastwood. I feel like maybe it's the voice of McCree and maybe it's because McCree is one of only like I don't know, like a few like truly normal characters in a yeah. sense. <laughs> the the other and characters are pretty out there. I just kind of feel like if I knew McCree personally, I would just feel like he was a pompous git. And you're just like Right, okay, yeah, whatever, McCree. Okay, fine, that's nice. Have your cake. Bye. <laughs> just like, but man, I, he I has a metal arm. You gotta respect that. <laughs> yeah, so here's another thing that can ruin a game. Lack of replay value. This is for more like the narrative kind of games. Ah, yeah. But the other one's for, for competitive games is repetitive gameplay. There are some times when... I feel like there are a lot of good games out there that are great at throwing variety into the mix. Mm-hmm. Overwatch generally does a pretty good job of this. Yeah. TF2 usually did a good job of this. Siege yeah. can be a little bit less so because you, you get a lot of players together who know the maps and you're generally going to get certain entry points getting used by certain heroes and so on and so forth. And you get the scouts and you get this and you get that. Mm-hmm. And when you see certain things getting used on certain maps, you generally know what you're going to do. It's always a little bit different, of course, because every player is a little bit different in their competence, competencies, where they're going to be looking at that exact moment yeah. and so on and so forth. But. Um, I can I can definitely say that there are a lot of multiplayer games that can begin to feel repetitive for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I just... It's really sad because you can jump into a game and really enjoy it. And sometimes I'll play a game for a long time, take a break from it because I'm a little bit feeling that way, and then I'll come back to it later and the magic just never reasserts itself. Yeah. I think Overwatch is in that place yeah. for, for our group of people right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel that way. It was like um, the 75-hour mark or something. Mm-hmm. That's not even that long. After I was yeah. done with all the levels, I, like I got a, you, you, you get the star when you've leveled to 100 levels, and then you do it all over again. Um, and it was really after those 100 levels. I was like, okay, we've played this game for about an, a year or so, and, you know, I've had enough. But, you know, yeah. to be honest, like I felt the same way about the yearly call of duty um when when those came out and when i played those when i was still playing on console uh for god's sake um yeah back when you were a peasant well i i still had my pc but um it was a pretty crappy pc at the time so yeah i i i got myself a playstation and i learned how to (laughs) aim with a controller so yeah man i have to tell you i was a freaking god with a controller um I have a friend who was also very good with a controller, actually. Uh, of course, not as good as I am with a mouse, but um, especially games like Battlefield. How 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 did we forget Battlefield, by the way? Which is, I love the scope of Battlefield so very much. Isn't that just like Call of Duty Junior, though? No. 
oh man i can i can feel the rage no. <laughs> i can feel the rage through the internet already <laughs> no 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 i'm kidding of course i actually think the battlefield is a superior game in almost every way ah, to well, call of duty yeah. nice correction man <laughs> no 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 i legitimately yeah, feel that yeah. way though i like the fact that there are so many very slight realism elements that they've thrown in that i feel really color the experience a lot more yeah. well i i played um bad company bad company 2 um in my PlayStation 3 days. And at a certain moment, like Battlefield is not the easiest game ever. And especially um, with the bullet drop and stuff, it gets really tough at long distances. Once you get the hang of that, and especially if you're playing with a controller, that's really tough to do. But once I had mm -hmm. the hang of that, I was just wrecking people all day long. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, I got... A decent PC and I started playing games on there and it's never been the same because I mean I'm I'm, I'm all right with a mouse and keyboard but there's not like a very big skill gap between my aiming and the enemy's aiming anymore the same way it was on console um, right okay yeah I, I have to tell you like I was a freak I was so good at that game I was yeah but th again, this was Battlefield Bad Company 2. That, like, when Battlefield 3 released, I was a little bit worse at that. But I just played that game a mm -hmm. lot, and um, it was so much fun. Yeah, just a massive scale, jumping out of planes. And no, it was helicopters, yeah. actually, because there were no planes in Bad Company 2, but blowing up houses and uh, riding around <clears> in tanks. No, I remember, the, uh, I remember the classic video of somebody like jumping out of the cockpit of a fighter jet, turning around with his bazooka, shooting the fighter yeah. jet that was following him, and then getting back in the in the cockpit and flying the plane away. Yeah. <laughs> like, starting with what? Um, starting with Battlefield 3, you got these epic montages of what, what these crazy people were doing on PC, and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. I remember <laughs> like my, my Battlefield establishing moment was... There was a helicopter flying over, and um, our team is on the on the ground, and we're getting pounded by this helicopter. All right, but in Battlefield Bad Company Two, there was no anti-air weapon with lock-on that you could get un until you were like level forty or something. Like, and and this was me and a bunch of noobs. Okay, so we were all level twenty or below. This was uh, when we were start when I was starting out with the game, and this moment mm -hmm. defined my Battlefield experience. We had these darts and you have to shoot them at the at the helicopter. And there was like five or six people shooting these darts. But there's these the, the realistic bullet drop and like physics in the game. So hitting a moving helicopter with a, a dart gun, not so very easy. So sure. our entire squad or like multiple squads, because it was definitely more than just five people. It was like 10 people or something like multiple squads anyway. And we were all shooting these darts and we would get destroyed by this helicopter, but absolutely destroyed. And then one moment, one of the darts hit and you see like a blink, blinking red light being emitted by the little dart. That's when you know we can now use the regular rocket launcher and the missiles will be guided towards the dart. And we took out that helicopter and boom, oh, <laughs> we turned the tide of the match and we won the game. That was beautiful, and that was like the battlefield defining moment for me. And I was like, "This game is the best." That's amazing, and that really That's got really me crazy. Into, so into battlefield, it kind of it kind of sounds like what what really distills down the experience from a competitive shooter or an action shooter perspective. Then is like 
I don't I don't want to use this phrase because I know it's become such a meme, but it's like the 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 power fantasy. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's that moment I guess. it's that moment when you beat your opponent and you know that you're on an even playing field, mm-hmm. but you just win really hard. Yeah. That's, or, that's or, just a, or when a you really win with with a great amount of effort and you pull it off. That's one yeah, of the also best true. feelings ever. Just that skin of your teeth, like, yes! Yeah. Like we just snuck it over the finish line. Those are the best wins, when it's really close and you just barely made it. Yeah, it's true. But you know that you won because of your skill, yeah. or you feel like you did. Anyway. Yeah, you feel like you did, yeah. Yeah, you feel like you did. You didn't get carried by the... the Hanzo main. Mm. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the most fun aspect to that you know to mm-hmm. multiplayer shooters, and especially if you can do okay. it with a team of friends. Super, super yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the best. All right, so I feel like talking about RTS, we've kind of distilled that down into kind of the the creative expression, the complexity, the strategy, the base building, all of that cool stuff. We talked about the the different things that we don't like about it, but overall, I think the thing that keeps us coming back is that that creative freedom and impulse, that stri- strategic element, and the the tactics um, enable you to to really express yourself in that way. And then what we really love about narrative shooters is kind of the the sheer immersion, that visceral quality of being there. And then with uh, with more of your your action shooters, it's that incredible feeling of just just making it happen yeah. and it barely going through that's it that 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 like ah yeah just razor wire line of victory after a, a tremendous challenge and team effort and these two are i think the genres we play probably the most right in terms of hours played yeah, yeah. like i'm not sure that these are the genres i love the most no but in terms of hours yeah. played definitely right yeah oh yeah hands down but then they're also the most repeatable genres generally mm-hmm. speaking so yeah. I mean, I feel like that's really what these are designed for in, in many cases. Sure, there's a campaign in an RTS, yeah. but oftentimes it focuses on the competitive multiplayer. And in general, I wouldn't say I have a favorite genre because it all depends on, no, on the different games. I would say I have favorite games in a, in a particular genre for sure. Um, sure. But that's, yeah. you know what? Why don't we cover our favorite games in each genre after we've covered like most of, of the genres that we can think of? Yeah, like love and hate, yeah. and then we talk about good and bad, and then we say, like, these are the highlights, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. All right, guys, so thanks once again for listening. Uh, this has been the episode about shooters right here on XP Gains. Hope you enjoyed the episode, talking about what we love and what we hate about all the uh, all the different kind of shooter elements, immersion, and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, would you like to sign off, Mr. Silverstrike? Yeah, well, this is Mr. Silverstrike. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and see you next time. Of course. And wherever you are in the world, we both want to wish you a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Goodbye, everybody.